Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Sahoyes. That's Wesley Chang. And Wes, we're three weeks in now to the NFL season, and it feels nice to now have some substantial data at our hands to start making some more calculated decisions in fantasy football. Absolutely. Week one, you might be overreacting, but we're three weeks in now. Some of your observations will probably have some merit. So it's a perfect time to take a look at the trade market. So Stevie, looking at the most traded players on Yahoo, James Robinson is the most active traded player. Which side of the trade market are you on? You buying or you selling? Wes, when it comes to James Robinson, I practice what I preach. So I actually went out and traded for him before his big Thursday night football performance from you of all people. We made a trade in a league we're both in and I got James Robinson and I'm feeling pretty good because if you watch the footage, you can see this guy is the real deal. He's RB5 in fantasy football through three weeks, but he's such a decisive downhill runner it's it's fun to watch him actually because he's not the quickest but he makes that decision quick and that makes up for any speed deficiency he may have at the running back position i think robinson is someone that you should be trying to target in trades he's strictly and clearly in that rb2 consideration right now stevie i'm in agreement with you he's a buy high for me as well but for the record i couldn't resist I got Zach Moss off of your team, so I had to make it happen. Moving along, Cam Newton is the number two most traded player on Yahoo. How are you feeling about his prospects? I like Newton. I think people that were able to draft him got a great deal, and he's one of those players right now that you're just going to hang on to because the production's good. If you can maybe buy him in a trade, I would, but honestly, Newton's someone I think you should just hold steady with. Exactly. I'm the same thing. I would hold him as well. You're probably not going to get a top five QB for him, but I think the threshold is ultimately somewhere along the lines of Matt Ryan. If you're getting something him and above, sure, go ahead. Otherwise, ride it out. You made a good pick. Reward yourself. Along to another big name, Kenyon Drake is somebody that I think people are getting a little nervous about three weeks in. How are you feeling about handling him in the trade market? I'm trying to send out as many offers for Kenyon Drake as I can because I think this is a nice buy low window. He hasn't been bad. He's been pretty efficient, but Kyler Murray has been stealing a lot of the rushing touchdowns, and we're not seeing the same involvement just yet in the passing game. Drake had 50 receptions last year. He's got five through the first three weeks of this season, so a big drop-off. But you have to like the matchups on the horizon for Kenyon Drake. He gets the Carolina Panthers this week, and then he gets the New York Jets. Talk about a couple of defenses that you can really bounce back against and start putting some solid performances in the bank towards. So Kenyon Drake, I'm buying right now because I think he can offer high-end RB2 upside and production in fantasy football. I'm with you there. If I was in your position, I'd be buying as well. And I'd say the threshold is right around Chris Carson. If someone's willing to offer you Chris Carson or worse, you got to click accept. Another name, people came in with big expectations. AJ Green was supposed to have a bounce back season, but so far he's fallen a little flat. What are you feeling? 
With AJ Green, I'm just hanging on to him if I have him because you're not going to like what people are going to offer you in trades. They're going to lowball you. It's not going to be a great return. So I'm hanging on. And the issue with Green is he's got all these air yards. He leads the NFL in air yards. But the problem is Burrow doesn't have enough time to connect on those deep balls and those deep pass attempts. So to me, I'm staying clear. I'm not trying to trade for Green. But if you own or you have green on your fantasy football team you shouldn't try to deal him away because you're not going to be happy for sure even though he's averaging just six fantasy points per game pro football focus actually has him as the eighth highest ranked wide receiver in expected fantasy points so the opportunities are there and hopefully he's able to capitalize on that going forward another qb that is outperforming expectations Aaron Rodgers, who's the number one graded QB as per pro football focus. How are you handling him in the trade market? Well, Rodgers was drafted around that QB 12 range, which means in some leagues, actually a decent amount of leagues, he was probably your QB too. He was probably the second quarterback you drafted. So if I drafted someone ahead of Rodgers, I'm trading them and I'm rolling with Aaron Rodgers the rest of the year because he is slinging the rock in 2020 this guy is going deep he's chucking the ball and it's really a big difference from the Aaron Rodgers we saw last year he's already got nine passing touchdowns it took him till week seven last year to get nine passing touchdowns so Aaron Rodgers completely different quarterback than he was last year that's why I think you could expect good QB1 numbers from him the rest of the way yeah he's got 24 deep passes through three weeks the next closest quarterback has 19. So I'm with you there. Hold on to him. Only accept a trade for Rodgers if you're getting someone like Deshaun Watson or better. Another RB who's getting a lot of attention, David Johnson involved in the big trade in the offseason. He's been getting the majority of the snaps and touches in this Houston backfield. Where are you handling him in terms of RB valuation? I'm trying to buy low on David Johnson because you really couldn't chalk up a worse three-game schedule for a running back to start the season, even if you tried. He's got to start off against the Kansas City Chiefs, then he plays the Baltimore Ravens, and then they've got to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are not matchups that conduce themselves to fantasy production. So with David Johnson... You know he's not going to have a three-game stretch like that moving forward. So I'm trying to buy low right now because he's getting the lion's share of the work in that Houston Texans backfield. So try to buy low now while the matchups get nicer going forward. There's definitely positive re uh, regression coming for him. He's only had two red zone carries so far this year. That's bound to go up as they face softer schedule ahead. So buy low. Get someone, you know, if you can trade him for someone like David Montgomery and the owner is willing to take it, absolutely chase that trade down. Moving along to one of your guys, Stevie. Now, he's obviously a little bit hurt right now. Hopefully he comes back soon. DJ Chark, where are you putting him in terms of valuation? I'm trying to buy on DJ Chark because he hasn't really seen the volume we expected. He only has played two games because he missed the last game with an injury, but he only saw seven targets through the first two contests. Very efficient on those looks, but not the volume we were expecting. But if you question how important Chark is to this Jaguars offense, 
Go back and watch the game against the Miami Dolphins. They missed him a ton because he opens up everything they want to do offensively in Jacksonville. So DJ Chark is someone I'm trying to buy on because I think he's going to be right in that wide receiver two range throughout the rest of the season as the go-to wide receiver on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joe Mixon, he was pumped up to be an RB1 first-round draft pick. He's fallen off. He's RB57 right now. How far down has he gone on your list? I really liked Mixon coming into the season. I thought there was a good chance that this offense would take a step forward and he would be able to thrive because of it. And while the offense does look better, it's clear there is no time to rush behind that offensive line that the Bengals have. They have pass rushers and rush defenders in the backfield before you can even get the snap off, really. It's really not been a great situation for either Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon. So in that case, I'm trying to trade Joe Mixon now while he still has some of that draft day hype surrounding his name. So I'm trying to sell high because I, I don't know how much better this is going to get for Joe Mixon, who's only seeing roughly 60% of the offensive snaps for the Bengals through three games so far. To zone. More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. To zone. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N to zone. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. And Wes, now we're going to dig in to the waiver wire. And week three's waiver wire, not as fruitful as the first couple of weeks, but there's still some gems to be found on the wire. And the first player we're going to start talking about is the rookie wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. He looked really good against the Tennessee Titans this past week, and he should definitely be the top priority, especially for teams that are looking to bolster their wide receiver group. Coming into the season, you knew Jefferson had the potential. It was just a matter of when it was going to happen. Well, week three, we got it. Wide receiver two on the week, and he clearly is now the second wide receiver just behind Thielen here. He has 15 targets. B.C. Johnson is all the way down at seven targets through the first three weeks. He's got quite a soft schedule coming up, five weeks in a row of very easy matchups. He's got Houston, Seattle, Atlanta, Detroit, Green Bay, all opportunities where you're going to really see him probably emerge as a wide receiver three moving forward. Yeah, the big development there was that he outsnapped Ola B.C. Johnson this week for the first time this season and looked good playing on the outside and in the slot. Next up is another wide receiver and Bears receiver Anthony Miller. And now with Nick Foles at the helm in this offense, I think we're going to see a much more balanced and efficient passing attack than the one we saw under Mitch Trubisky. Anthony Miller is currently rostered in under 50% of Yahoo leagues. And Stevie, I know you and I both agree it definitely should be higher. With Foles in, this offense is now going to get a shot in the arm. While Miller hasn't had all the targets that we were probably expecting, he's had eight red zone looks so far this season, and his average depth of target is over 18 yards. So I'm willing to believe that there's going to be a lot of better game strips coming his way. Moving on now to the first running back we're going to mention on this episode, but this is someone we've been touting for a couple of episodes already, and that's Miles Gaskin 
of the Miami Dolphins. And it wasn't the most efficient effort against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Thursday night. But you've got to give him credit because he is getting the majority of touches in this backfield. So we already pumped up Gaskin last week. We talked about he's getting, you know, the majority of the snaps and touches out of this offense. The biggest takeaway from that Thursday night game, Howard only had three gold line carries. Gaskin also had three. That was the biggest knock on him in the first two weeks. And now that he's getting a share of those high value looks, who knows? Gaskin could really slip into the RB2 conversation if he continues to get this opportunity and volume. Next up is tight end Mo Ali Cox from the Indianapolis Colts. And now with the recent rash of injuries to the Colts at the receiver position, Paris Campbell out now long term and Michael Pittman Jr. underwent surgery on his calf, not expected to return until week eight. They are really lacking options in the passing game. And Moali Cox has been more than up to the task so far through the first three weeks of the season. Pro Football Focus has him rated as the number one tight end currently through three weeks. Jack Doyle did return, so there was a lot of concerns that that was going to be kind of back to normal. But Ali Cox was still the primary tight end out there. This guy is a juggernaut. Six foot five, gigantic athleticism through the roof kind of player. Was a basketball player before he transitioned to football. Indianapolis, they don't have a lot of red zone options. This guy will probably be touchdown dependent, but I guarantee if River is going to look his way moving forward, he's a touchdown dependent tight end too. The fifth player we're going to tee up here on the waiver wire report is T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals and Wes. He is starting to emerge as a key player in this Bengals wide receiver group. So this is more of a deep league kind of play here. High upside, but you don't have to play him every week. 18 and a half fantasy points in week three. Two solid touchdown looks from Burrow. But I know you got a lot of thoughts on Higgins yourself. You're a big fan. Yeah, Higgins essentially was a first-round pick. The Bengals used the first pick in the second round to take him. And it looks like there's a clear connection between him and Joe Burrow. As I mentioned earlier, Burrow doesn't have a lot of time to get the pass off. But Higgins seems to be able to get open pretty quickly in his routes. And there was a connection in the red zone too. Higgins scoring two touchdowns this past week. And he just looks very comfortable on the outside. He's a big-bodied receiver. He can win those contested grabs as well. So to me, T. Higgins, he is a bench stash, but there's definitely a chance that he could turn into much more moving forward if that connection between him and Burrow shines through. Second now on the Bengals in snaps since week two. Welcome back to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. Wes and I now are going to do some over-under predictions for week four using Yahoo projected points as our barometer as whether the player will go over or under. So the first player I'm going to start off with is Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. And I see him going over against the Jets in what will surely be a not-so-great Thursday night football matchup between the Broncos and Jets. A couple of 0-3 teams that are kind of just limping into this matchup. Neither team at full health and doing very well to start the year. But I think Judy has a great chance to go off as the Broncos now number one wide receiver with Cortland Sutton injured for the rest of the season. I think he can really get it done against a poor Jets secondary. Wes, who are you going with? for your first over-under pick. 
My flex lock of the week is Jeff Wilson, who's at 5.15. I'm taking the over against Philadelphia. In the week just prior, he had 43% of the touches out of the backfield. And San Francisco's had a history of being able to scheme for any running back they throw into the offense. With the amount of opportunity and volume coming both his way and McKinnon, I'm very confident that they're going to be able to hit the over on this. It's a very low target. This all depends on whether or not Mostert actually continues to be out for week four. If that's the case, this makes for a great bargain bin play going into the week. The second player I'm going to mention is Gardner Minshew of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And he was someone who I was really expecting a big performance from last week. I didn't know at the time DJ Chark wasn't going to play, but I still thought he could get it done against the Miami Dolphins. It turns out he struggled mightily. But this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, I think Minshew and the Jaguars, who've had some extra time to prepare for this game, considering they played on Thursday night, are going to go off against a Bengals secondary and defense that doesn't really scare me. I know they haven't been awful to start the year, but I still think Minshew with DJ Chark back in the lineup will hit the over on his projection for this week. Look at that, Stevie. You're picking the stash. I'm going with the beard here as my QB lock <laughs> over for the week. Fitzpatrick, he's got a projection right now, 15.6. And I think it's going to be very easy for him to go as, in the last two weeks, he's averaged 24 fantasy points. He's had a lot of negative game script. And it's probably going to be the same going into Seattle. So that's going to benefit him. If you look at the three QB performances against Seattle this year, all three of them came to an average of 30 fantasy points out of the QB position. So 15 and a half for Fitzpatrick. I think this is probably one of the easiest QB locks for the week. That's going to do it for this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. And if you want to keep up with everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at Yahoo Sports CA. And don't forget to hit the old subscribe button on YouTube as well. That's Wesley Chang. I'm Steven Tahoyas. Don't forget to set your lineup for week four of fantasy football.